Welcome to the HR Matters podcast. HR Matters because people matter. This is the place where you can listen to fresh ideas about working together with topics that really matter and insights into the changes that you can make in your organization today. This is for you if you have a keen investment in the people within your organization and in yourself as a human being. Featuring Lisa Dempsey. Hello. And me, Marjolein Vlug. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Um, hey, we, we, so I was telling you about the conversation that I had with a friend recently. Um, we thought, let's have a, let's have an, <laughs> a podcast episode on that. Yeah, this is a good topic. This is a juicy topic that I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, misconception. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, the, the misconception was um, that, so my friend is a chef. She works in a completely different field, different type of role, um, you know, a different type of department in the organization. Um, we work together for, in the same, we worked in the same organization for, for a brief while, not together, but, and I, I don't know how we got to it, but she said, huh, I really always thought that HR people made a lot more money. Yeah. So, but you don't. Why is that? And she, so she expected that because HR people are often the ones that negotiate with new employees uh, or, or current or growing, you know, uh, employees in, in growing roles. The ones that HR people are the ones that have all the information about what other people in the organization make. They know all that, so they should be the ones that leverage all that knowledge and that insight and uh, and negotiate great salaries for themselves. And they don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not awful. Um, and but yeah, what's going on there? Yeah. Well, I think we both have to laugh about it because we. We know that despite that, that perception, and I really get where that comes from. I get where that assumption comes from because there's, there's a certain order to it. There's a certain logic. Surely, if HR people, they know what everybody in the organization is earning. So surely, they're negotiating the best salaries they possibly can. They have this you know, home playing field advantage yep, right they, they know everything they know the landscape <laughs> they should, so. yeah, yeah they should have the highest salary or yeah she she really expected that hr was like the best paid in the organization right, right. <laughs> yeah and and sorry wah, wah, wah. not true <laughs> objectively not not true there might be some organizations where that might be the case but i i would argue that they are the exception rather than the rule. Um, and I think there's some really interesting things going on below the surface of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I know in my experience is one of the things in HR that I regularly see happening is number one, in, in HR, you need to be cleaner than clean. You need to really hold a high standard of ethics. Mm-hmm. And so you really don't want to be doing anything that might be um, viewed or construed as misuse of information, just right. simply because we do have access to 
so much private information, you know, mm. private details, home addresses, emergency contacts, things mm. like that, and salary information. So you, you, as an HR professional, I, my experience has been the majority of people really hold a very high ethical standard yeah. for themselves and their colleagues. And I think that's yeah. really good. Yeah, that's the, the habit of integrity sort of yes. extends towards never using the information you have uh, in a way that is, that is not right. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, and it's a part of sort of, you know, just the word that comes to my mind is the secret code of HR because it's not ever <laughs> written down, but it's a part of that. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yet it lives very large in the space. And I think that's healthy. However, I think there are a number of very unhealthy things that also happen that contribute to this space of HR not being, not being a very well-paid function. In a lot of businesses, it salary pace and growth within HR is lower than other functions in the business when you compare mm -hmm. them. So what are some of the things that you think are going on below the surface, Marilyn, that, you know, or maybe on the less healthy side, some of the things that maybe we need help with in the HR space. Well, there's different sides to it. You know, there's um, one of them is perceived value. Yeah. Uh, HR is often seen as, as a, a cost center. I hate that word, but I have to say it right now as a cost center. Like you only cost us money because, you know, only, only the salespeople make us money. Right. Um, which I'll say on that interestingly mm -hmm. often that's coming from a finance function mm. and I look at finance and I say you're a cost center too <laughs> yeah true yeah it's it's finance it's it's marketing and it's HR usually who are seen as cost centers like you only cost money you're just expenses not gaining us anything um, and that has to do with other things that we have talked about before, about reputation of HR, about focus areas, that type of thing. But still, you know, HR done right has a lot of value. Huge value. Yeah. yeah. Massive. So wh what, do you, what do you see there? Well, I think, you know, going, going back to some of our previous episodes about uh, first of all, the bad reputation of, of HR. I think in, in a variety of businesses, HR does have a, a bad reputation that in some cases they've worked hard to earn. Mm -hmm. um, so they certainly need to revamp some of it. And we've, we've had a recent conversation about, about HR, what can be done in that space to bring more value, mm -hmm. to cut away some of the, the dead pieces that are no longer serving their purposes. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, you know, there is so much really important, either potential or value already being delivered by mm -hmm. HR within the business. It's just because unlike other functions within the business, it's much more difficult to measure. It's more mm -hmm. difficult to quantify. And therefore, often the value remains largely invisible. Yeah. It remains it's not it's not easily quantifiable but yet everyone can sense it and perceives it and yeah <laughs> you know you you're getting a correct pay slip on time um to right to you know company culture and how that's impacted yeah it's the difference between you know effective places to work 
and not, you know, it, it is that, that defining factor of, is this a great place to work where people are effective, they see the meaning and value in their work, they can deliver important, meaningful things, not just get their job done. Yeah. Oftentimes that's down to whether or not there are some really good, amazing people in HR or not. Mm-hmm. People yeah. influencing yeah. those kinds of decisions in those spaces. Yeah, yeah, true. What I'm also surprised about is um, where I see potential, rather, is um, negotiation skills. Yes. Because, you know, depending on the size of the company, uh, HR is often the, the, uh, combined with recruitment. Recruiters uh, negotiate, often negotiate uh, uh, salaries for new hires. Um, and getting better negotiation skills can, you know, help there with new hires, but also with, you know, people who get new roles within the organization. And then when you get those negotiation skills, you can use them on your own salary negotiations obviously so that's sort of a win-win there if you're in HR really dive into that and even especially especially really if you think oh I'm not excited about that or that's icky or whatever you know get some more information or training on that because it can be easier it can be more fun You, you can get clear guidelines on it um, there's a lot of there's a lot of room there to make yeah. it more fun and nicer and easier. Yeah, genuinely know your value and ask for it. And mm-hmm. it's you know it's not about that icky space of being demanding or entitled, but yeah. it's really understanding why it is that the work that you do within the HR space, why it's important, why it matters, why it has an impact and a positive impact on not just the people around you, but potentially if you're, you know, depending upon the size of the organization that you're in, it could be hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of people you can impact in a really positive way. Dare to ask for that value because I think there's something that a lot of people, I know a number of people that came into the HR space because they are very service oriented, right? They, Mm -hmm. they, care deeply about human beings. They want to make workspaces effective, but they end up doing it at the cost of themselves, mm. right? Yeah. And it's, it's not about, you know, putting yourself first or coming from a place of ego or arrogance, but it's about standing tall in the value that you do provide. Mm-hmm. And I think that ties as well into to something else that is important in this space. HR is typically, not always, but in most businesses, a female-dominated space. Mm-hmm. And we know as well there is a massive pay gap that exists yeah. between men and women for a whole variety of reasons. We could, we could do an episode just on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we may. <laughs> we may, yeah. Could, could be a future topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's um, something really important about not just understanding the value that you bring as an HR professional and that larger, bigger picture impact and the Mm -hmm. positivity that that holds, 
but understanding that you're walking into a space where likely the benchmark that has been set for the job is probably on the low end. Yep. Yep. Just because of the gender factor. Exactly. It's probably on the low end of the scale just because it is an industry that is dominated by women. And um, that inherently means that salaries are going to sit on the lower side and you're likely to be underpaid because of that. Yeah. And I would also say that that inherently means that in order, in order to, to, to impact that, to change that for yourself or in general for, for your whole department, um, it helps to be aware of that and also to up your negotiation skills to yes. remedy that because that's one of the factors in, in the gender pay gap. Uh, that's really worth it. Yeah. It, it, it is worth it, not just for you, but also thinking about it through the lens of every single person that comes after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If you Certainly. can negotiate a, a higher salary, a higher starting salary than other people, and you know that you're bringing valuable things to the business, and it's not about being perfect, right? This is not about having this, you know, ironclad CV or track record. It's just knowing that the things that you do are valuable and asking for more pay because of that. It not only has that positive impact on you and and your family and, you know, your, (laughs) your net income at the end of every single month, but Mm -hmm. also for everybody else that is hired after you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the perception of, of the right, of the, the fitting salary for them. Yeah. 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 And once that starts happening, then it, it recalibrates all of the benchmarking, right? All mm-hmm. of the benchmarking that goes on in compensation and benefits, all of the salary survey. Yeah, all of the averages, you, you know, you, you, you raise the averages. Yeah. yeah. It has yeah. this really important cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, I would say that's mainly negotiation skills and, and recognizing value. Would you, would you say it's about about building a good business case on that as well? Or do you see any other factors there? that? So often I work with clients in these spaces sometimes when they're looking for a new job and, oh, you know, how to interview, how to negotiate, how to do all of those sorts of things. And what I observe most frequently is it's confidence. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, the skill of, of knowing the ins and outs of how to negotiate and you know starting first with a higher number than what you really want and giving yourself all sorts of tactical things and pieces that you can ask for, but you know it's a throwaway. Mm-hmm. But it's also just having, having the clarity and the confidence to be able to genuinely stand tall, you know, feel... Feel your spine raise up and and find that strength to just in a grounded way say, I appreciate that offer, but I really think that what I can bring to this role is worth far more. I'd like to have a very different conversation. Good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's, you know, the, wow. the negotiation tactics are really important, you know, and having that plan, but there's an energy when you can bring that energy of, of presence and real grace, you know, it, so it's not, again, it's not about coming from this place of ego or entitlement of, you know, slamming your fist on the table and going, damn it, I want more. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes that. There's it's, a different energy in the, that you bring into the room, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you coach people on that. <laughs> Yay! Because gender pay gap, because of the value, yeah, rewarding the value of HR because of all of those things. I love that. Yeah. And I, you know, I genuinely believe, so it, it, it takes me back as well to like our conversation with Julie Cherney mm-hmm. about HR for HR and how we are this vault. We're this vault of really important information we're trusted with a huge amount of sensitive things yeah and yet we need to take care of ourselves as well yeah yeah that's a fair point you know oftentimes things like salary are impacted by budget responsibility Mm -hmm. and that vault responsibility in hr is massive huge and really valuable if it's not done right i mean how much damage can HR done poorly, mm-hmm. how much damage can be done? Yeah. Yeah, that's that integrity part, right? Uh, too, as well. Yeah. 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 What are some of your thoughts? Because I know as well, you you work with a lot of people in, in career transitions and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and this point of negotiation is really important to you. Mm-hmm. What are some of the defining factors there that you focus on? Um, I love the confidence and also what I bring in that sort of gets avoided normally is, is just actually naming numbers. It's naming bandwidth and naming two of them. So one of them is a bandwidth with a low number that, you know, if you were to accept a job below that, number it would not be wise it would not be prudent because you cannot afford your life right which is your life yeah yeah and it's just not a smart thing to do to accept a job under that the top level of that bandwidth is it would not be smart to accept a job that is paid more than that because that will entail a responsibility or a time investment or whatever that I'm not willing to take that does not fit with me so there's the bandwidth of what feels right yeah not what's your worth but what what fits your life and your being yeah what are the the needs yeah yeah so that is that is like a a sanity check bandwidth so then you put that aside and then there's a whole nother bandwidth that you bring into negotiation which is not that bottom because if you bring that into negotiation, then that's what you start with. And then, you know, right. they might offer Shift you things to a whole, whole other. Yeah. 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 So you take that same bandwidth, you up it a bit and you find a hit number. Like if that's my aim, if, if I get that, oh, good. I'd be happy. That would really feel right. You can check it against, uh, you know, salaries elsewhere. Remember that you want to check it against male salaries, white male salaries, and not averages because, you know, you want to close that gender gap. Uh, 
Right. Find a number that you think, oh, that would be good. And then create a little bandwidth of that number plus some more right up to or above the number that you would be comfortable with, with from the from the other earlier bandwidth. Yeah. And then start negotiating with that. And then there's some other negotiation tips. Um, but the point is getting those actual figures, getting the actual numbers, writing them down, getting comfortable with them, um, being open about them, even if it's just in your own head and writing them down. You don't, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. But if people are not, just that's fine. Do it in your own home. But getting the numbers. Um, there's a bit of distance as well. Once you write that down, it's not emotion. It's less emotional. It's 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 just a number. It's just a number that works, you know, for me to maintain my life or to get good value for what I bring. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get specific. What are those numbers for you? Yeah. And I just want to name for our listeners as Marilyn is talking about this, these bandwidths are, mm. she's you know putting her hands up at these different levels, but every <laughs> single time, every single time they end up framing her face. So it really is this thing of like right fit for you. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it, it also in a way that helps clarify the conversation because this isn't it allows you to enter into a space where it isn't just about what are the market benchmarks mm -hmm. but it allows you to clarify why are these numbers important to me why is this the low and why is this the high and you can then talk about that again going back to integrity you can talk about it with a different kind of integrity it doesn't become this endless battle of, well, but according to the benchmarks or the surveys or the whatever, it's no, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is the value that is important to me. Yeah. Um, and because of the gender pay gap, I would encourage, especially if you are a woman out there, let the company first come with some salary indication, don't come with what it is that you're currently earning because yep. that helps massively perpetuate gender pay gaps. Yes, you will get the question, what is your current salary? Whatever your opinion on that question and however hard it is to get a question and not answer it, don't answer it. Yeah. And have prepared, be prepared for that. Yeah, and be, be prepared okay. for the discomfort of it. It, it yes. It will be uncomfortable and that's okay. But again, standing tall in your value and knowing that answering that question with what it is that you're currently earning is likely to not only be detrimental to you as an individual, but detrimental to every single other woman applying for a job. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy <laughs> and it's true. But it is true. It is true. You know, I, I know I was I was pigeonholed into a, a lower salary than I deserved in a job because I had at one point in my career, I'd taken um, a massive step back. Mm -hmm. because I had been in a position that was incredibly well uh, paid, carried with it a lot of responsibility, carried with it a tremendous amount of travel my relationship was at stake. And mm -hmm. so I made a very personal choice to take a massive step back. Right. Sadly, that step back did not save the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I then 
exited that lower paid job because I, I knew that I, I wanted to, I was asked that question, what is it that you're earning now? And even though I gave the answer um, with all of the qualifications of, right, I, I previously was earning you know, 300K plus, I'm now mm-hmm. earning a small fraction of that. And, and because of these reasons, it still was so detrimental to that salary negotiation. Yep. And in fact, in that job I was hired, they ended up having to adjust the salary that I was hired on by more than 27%. (laughs) Yeah. 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 When I found out what the real discrepancy was. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. yeah. So really don't do it up your negotiation (laughs) skills. It is worth it from so many angles. Yeah. Yeah. And just don't do it. Don't, don't name your current salary, even with all of the qualifications, all of the explanations, all of the context, because it, it just doesn't work in your favor and doesn't work in the favor of women in the workforce. Yeah. Uh, These really are the, the top two tips. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad we're getting that out there. Yeah, we're, we're, already, we're already at our practical stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean, we're talking about closing the gender pay gap, but really, these these negotiation tips work for everyone, obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and obviously, the gender pay gap doesn't just exist within HR. It's mm-hmm. simply though because HR very typically there there is a majority female workforce within the HR function. So yeah. this, I think, this plays an important role. There are these other pieces that. As well, though, I think it's important. So, the you know, beyond the negotiation skills, the one thing that I would hope um, people in HR functions would start doing today is is really looking at the value, that invisible value that you're bringing, that thing that you can't measure it in the same way that sales does. You can't measure it in the same way that marketing does. You can't measure it in the same way. But you are still bringing value. Find a way to talk about that and talk mm-hmm. about it seriously and frequently because it's it's the biggest way to break down this falsehood that hr is just a cost center Mm -hmm. what's the thing you wish marioline i wish for hr and, and and really everyone to to get valued in various ways for for the work that they do the value that they bring in yeah salary and other stuff you know it's a whole package what about you it is yeah you know looking at that that whole value i think is a good one and and yeah again i think that that space of of that bigger picture value and looking at it on multiple levels not just for you your salary your benefits but the multiple levels of value that is brought within the business, within the mm-hmm. function yeah. and, and finding the way to marry those two together in, in the important ways and stand tall in them. You know, stand yes. tall, feel, feel your spine grow and feel how it, it is grounded when you have clarity on what that value really genuinely is. Yeah. Take up that space. Thank you. Ah. Yeah, thank Good you. Good episode. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a juicy topic, you know. It yeah. is. Yeah. And valuable, you know. Yeah. And thank you too, to Marlene's friend for, for helping us flesh this out and go, oh, yeah. yeah. 
there is this there is this misconception that lives thanks for raising this thank you (laughs) (laughs) and and thanks everyone out there for uh, for listening you can listen to our podcast directly online um, and it's also easy to find hr matters on your favorite podcast app Uh, we're on apple podcasts itunes we're on google podcasts we're on spotify we're in a bunch of them Um, and make sure that you're the first to learn about our latest episodes by subscribing we'd love to get a rating or a review from you so that other people can find us more easily we'd love to hear your feedback and your topic requests or perhaps you have a great guest in mind for us we'd love to hear what's on your mind in the workplace let us know and until next time bye bye Mm -hmm.